You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 134th episode of the most popular cycling gossip podcast in the universe. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Woo! It's Matt in Minneapolis. This is Spencer in Boston. Guys, I know you're pumped. I know you're pumped because it's one cog weekend. Uh, hey. Like coming up or it already happened? Because I didn't ride my bike this last weekend. It all depends on when the listener is listening. So that's a... It's kind of abstract. Maybe oh, okay. last weekend, maybe it's coming up. It's a it's like a thing in your mind. It's whenever you want. The one cog is all around us all the time. The one, the one cog is a lifestyle that a lot of people don't understand, but we understand. We do understand, and we'll get into that, I'm sure. I, I think I used to understand. I don't know if I understand anymore. You might have to <laughs> reacquaint me with it. Okay, we'll try. Okay. Well, dudes... You know, it's another week of cycling has gone past. There's lots of things to talk about. But I, I think the most important thing to talk about is <laughs> the half marathon I ran on Saturday. Do you guys want to hear all about it? Oh, let's see, my God. Wait, let's I see if we can was... recap it. <laughs> all right. Yeah, let's try. You started okay. a little too strong. Wait. Usually when you do a, any sort of event, at some point you think you get a flat. Did you think maybe one of the airs, one of your Nike airs deflated or something? A little bit. Well, you nope. gotta, it starts early. Now, if I know anything about marathons, it's that they start insanely early in the morning, right? Because they take, I don't know, eight, nine hours to run these things, like for a normal person. <laughs> so you probably are getting up around three in the morning. You're slamming a couple power shakes, right? Some protein, getting all carved up, I guess, for, that's what you do. And yeah, then, pretty much. Then you got to find uh, your, your proper running socks that are the right height. Because that's pretty mm-hmm. critical. Um, you don't want to look I, like a goober. You wear them low, I assume, in running, right? I'm not For sure. Or maximum ankle. But there's, there's definitely got to be a pro way to wear them, right? And I don't well, know what that is because I'm not a nerd. But I've watched marathons, and the pros look like they're wearing the least amount of clothes they could get yeah. away with. Yeah. And so, Let me just say that there's a lot of compression socks out there, guys. Ugh. That makes sense. Now, you should be banned from everything. You should not be able to compete at all with anything <laughs> compression on. It's true. Any sport. I've been to too many basketball games lately where everyone's got, looks like everyone's wearing arm warmers and leg warmers and like yeah. long underwear. It looks the, stupid. The question I have style-wise about runners and marathons, and maybe you can answer this for me now, Tim, that you're a professional. Do mm-hmm. you need to... Or is it more pro to match the band-aids you put over your nipples to your socks? I wanted to ask about the nipple bleeding. So, (laughs) um, you know, you definitely, you can try to match the band-aids if you want. I didn't because I was still wearing a shirt. Um, But you still have to, like, take into account if you um, are one that has a hairy chest. And then it's really awkward. So, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of... So you shave around the day before? Well, yeah, you know, it looks so you a little like awkward right now. The opposite of like a bullseye, like whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. It's a little so, like anti-bullseye. Yeah, it's a little strange, but you know, the running experience, guys, and mm-hmm. little guy, you were on top of it. I, I went out a little bit too fast. Um, yep. I was doing, for the first eight miles, I was doing like seven and a half minute miles. And then... So the, when when exactly did the slowly, doors fall off? Slowly, I just started positively splitting, which apparently is a bad thing in the world of cycling. <laughs> yeah. Or sorry, running. Supposedly, you want to go faster at the end of the runs than... It's mm-hmm. kind of bad in both, yeah. Yeah, I think everybody believes that's bad, but yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. What, what so did you do I ended at up the time, the time you wanted? 144.07, so... which was l- much less than my goal. My goal was like 150. All right, so good. I was pretty so... happy. So I did a sub eight minute... Uh, mile average for the average. half. How much of that did you do on the bus or monorail? So, good question, Spencer. Because mile four point four goes is right in front of my house. So, uh-huh. like at four point four miles is right in front of uh, the house. So, 
in the future, um, you know, I might just I'm, I might just Rosie Perez it and, um, uh-huh. you know, kind of just jump out. I think that was her name. I think that's Could the you... name of the woman that did the Boston Marathon by taking the subway. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Sure Rosie Boston Perez. Rosie Perez, like the actress? Mm-hmm. No, the runner. There's both? Wasn't Rosie Perez also in the Spike Lee joint with um, <laughs> uh, the Spike Lee the right joint? Thing? The... The right thing? Yeah. So, Tim... I... Is is this is marathoning anything like cyclocross in that they don't allow hand ups at certain times? Like if you set up a rogue water station outside your house uh, for next year's event, could you take a hand up there, or would you be disqualified? How does that work? It was like a mountain bike race. <laughs> well, there's a lot of good hand ups going on because I stopped at all five beer hand ups, and I was uh, the first one to stop at the. Uh, I saw a high life hand up. This guy hadn't even like opened up any beers yet. And he had a 12 pack that said champagne of beers. And I went like 10 yards past it. I stopped, I turned around, went back, grabbed it. This was exactly at mile eight. You may remember that that's when my mileage time went down. Negative splits, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then it surprise, just started surprise. going downhill. But yeah, the, you know, I, I will say this. Runners, uh, they're a little goofy, but they're, I mean, they're not triathletes. You know, they're one step closer to triathletes, but at least, like, they have somewhat of a sense Literally. of humor. That was a pretty good one. Yeah. yeah, it was a really yeah. good joke. What, can, <laughs> Tim, can you explain, and this can perfectly segue into our single-speed world championship discussion, general cyclocross, why do people want to drink beer when they're doing an athletic event? They have their whole lives to drink beer. <laughs> why do you want to drink beer while you're doing something strenuous that you paid to do I don't get it. Yeah, you think well, it's free, just like, ex- and I like drinking beer. But why? I just don't understand. Whenever someone offers me a hand up, I think it's a tough I guy. I don't. You know, like get I'm a it. tough guy. Well, so even, like, hey, even, you're giving me a beer. You don't think I can do this? Sure. Even as a spectator, though, like as the person with the beer, like, why would you want to give that beer away when you could shake it up and spray it on anyone who was competing past yeah. your front yard? Which That's I true. heard at single speed cross world championships this weekend in Portland was all the rage of spraying beer, and it's I like no it. one complained. Yeah, oh, it's complete. That there. is that is the place for, for it. Yeah, that yeah, is where it can exist. That. Yeah. Hey, can I just chime in, guys? That was one hell of a segue. So chalk that one up, Crosshairs Radio, fellow Wide Angle Podium Network um, show. That's how you do a segue. Hmm. So single speed cross world championships past weekend in Portland, Oregon. And, of course, the biggest news is that Adam Craig destroyed Stan Nice for the world championship, probably his fifth world championship, another tattoo. I mean, no one could possibly beat Adam Craig out there, even though he had flat bar, um, flat bars. And people were complaining on the Internet about, like, I thought it was a cyclocross race. Why is there a flat bars? It's but it doesn't a, matter. Well, Adam Craig is yeah. your repeat world champion. And we'll see this yeah. year if he gets the tattoo uh, with the correct spelling. Because that is one of his most amazing feats. Wait, he got it with the wrong spelling. Yeah, one year. He, yeah, yeah. He he's gotten all the tattoos. He's one of the one of the heroes of the sport. Um, and but yeah, the uh, I want to say it was twenty fifteen, maybe I don't remember, but um, twenty twelve even. Anyway, he got the uh, the single speed acronym is all jumbled up. It's like S S C W X. C or something. Of course, everyone talks about like there's some winners that haven't gotten the tattoos, and then there's still people that are like, let them back in. And it's like, you know what? I don't understand why you would sign up for a race and then not get the tattoo and win. And I still like, I know people are like, it's, it's, it happened, it's over with, and forgive them. It's like, yeah, but why sign up for something and not do? Do what Spen Nice did and just not win, and then you won't get the tattoo. Like, I don't yeah. understand the why people would sign up and then not get it. Like, you yeah. deserve all of the the hate and angst that you're getting if you sign up for something and can't follow through. Ryan yeah. Woodall would have won the Southeast Single Speed Cyclocross Championships, but he didn't want the tattoo, so he set up and didn't win. I mean... There's the, South, yeah. the Southeast that's doing the same thing, and they have a they have a tattoo as well? Yeah, it's a regional thing. It's, like, it's kind of like the Midwest in... Single Speed Championships back Dude, in the day. that race is awesome. They just don't have a tattoo for it. Other than that, it's the best. The one cog's oh. pretty great. I yeah, mean, it's amazing. But the, it, you pick it, and then you just live with it. It's great. So the tattoo, 
the single speed world championship it's it's obviously it's not a real world championship it's not recognized by the uci or anything but to a lot of people who like to put the party back in bike racing it is a real world championship right and it has its own code of conduct and one of those things is the tattoo where do you guys where do you guys what's your official stance on that is that a, a good idea bad idea and if somebody wins like, do you have to force them to get a tattoo? How do you do that? I think it should just be in the... It's like, personally, I don't want a tattoo. Yeah. But I think it should, if they want to have a tattoo as the prize, like, it should just be in, in your, your registration form that you have to get the tattoo. Like, you're just signing over your right, legally, to have any decision about it. Okay. <laughs> Timmy? Yes, you have to get a tattoo. Like, to not get the tattoo, okay. you should be banned for life. And you should be open to ridicule everywhere you go. I don't care if you retire and 20 years later, you're like an accountant and you're hanging out and you're about to like, you know, your boss comes over and he's like, do you get the TPS forms? And then you're like, yeah, I got the TPS forms. He's like, good. Did you get the tattoo? No, you're fired. And then, hey, guess what? (laughs) That's what happens. (laughs) It should follow. Yeah. Well, we're all unanimous then. I mean, if that's the understood rule that you're, that you're, playing the game under then man like if you don't want to do that don't play the game or don't win um adam craig obviously been a huge good sport uh mo bruno roy friend of the podcast got the tattoo when she won in louisville um great sport but there's you know everybody likes to bring up chris jones julie krasniak and and barry wicks i know are some off the top of my head that come out that never did get the tattoo and have all been banned from competing until they get the tattoo which i think is kind of a good compromise i like it i think it's kind of hilarious like you're banned from a pretend world championship yeah it's kind of like the hey i'd rather be banned for not uh getting the tattoo than being a doper you know what i mean like it's like all right well i I don't i have a no needles policy and you're like oh okay like that makes sense and then you can kind of get away with it so it's it's i think that the it's like this race this is this race is about fun and you don't like fun so you can't come back. <laughs> the the race course it seemed pretty awesome this year out in Oregon. Um, there was also a little controversy outside of the tattoo world because of some uh, classic um, Portlandia style joking, I guess that uh, went on that some uh, people interpreted as being um, extremely sexist in leading one sponsor to pull out of uh, sponsoring the event. And a lot of it has to do with just like some probably like blue Instagram jokes that didn't seem to really go over well, like more of a lead, like a lead balloon with the Portland crowd where some people were really into it and then some people took offense. So it was like Portland. I think a and... lot of people took offense. <laughs> some not, <laughs> not great, not great choices by those guys. It seemed like they owned up to it though. Like I, I don't want to come across here as like the, uh, you know, the one that was like an excuse, but I don't know. I thought that it, uh, I'm just, I guess, some, I guess I would say I'm just a male point of view. Like to me, yeah. it was like, whatever, what do you expect? It's single speed world championships. They announced beforehand that they were going to have male and female strippers on the side of the course. If that is like, if you can see past that, then you can already assume the type of like right. yeah. advertisements it's, that are going to go into this event. Like it's, it's going to be a little yeah. risky. It's going to be a little juvenile. Yeah. You know, you should know what you're signing up for, but at the same time, like, there's there's funny and <laughs> there's stupid, you know. But it, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's a stupid event. Yeah, I mean that's hey, that's the there's idea. no rules on rocking the one cog. But it should and be offensive. It can be. So anyways, you guys can Google, get your own yeah. opinions on the bike. Uh, bike Portland's got a little write up yeah. about the sponsorship dropping and the drama there. It is good that the event still went on. It, um, I will say, Trek once again comes out on top by getting Sven Nice there and all types of media coverage for the bike. That, well, that he brought. Were uh, you were you disappointed that he didn't wear a, a tutu or some other sort of costume? I I was a little disappointed that like he didn't dress up as a um like a gas station attendant, you know, like a Castorama gas station attendant, like kind of some overalls. They're not a um, gas station, dude. They're hardware. I thought store, that's yeah. what they were. Hardware they're store. So, no, there's yeah, they're sort of like a Home Depoty sort of thing. Uh, okay. Then why not Sven Nice dress up as like a convict, orange jumpsuit? That seems like a classic um, single speed cross yeah. event. Yeah, there is a, you know, Adam Craig was wearing like his USA Cycling uh, national team skin suit. <laughs> I, th- yeah, I think I like that's that. what it was, unless he was being like a Spider Man knockoff because they. Kind I of bet. Look- 
saying. Do you, do you think Sven Svenice was like, what's that? That's a weird, funny jersey. I've never seen one of those before. I've never and seen he's one like, of those. Yeah, the they're always, they're always be- we're all way behind you. <laughs> he may have seen like a photo of one. He now saw he saw powers in his now, peripheral vision like at the start for like three seconds. There were some there was crazy mud throughout the course, some pretty cool course obstacles, yoga balls um, uh, throughout pile, the course, like a pile of yoga pile balls. of them. You had to run through them, and then there was uh, kind of this ramp that went into the water, like waist high water that people had to like run through. It looked pretty uh, pretty intense. I don't know how it got past the UCI commissaires, but uh, fantastic stuff. I don't know where they found that many yoga balls in Portland. No, I probably wasn't very hard. (laughs) Well, and then, um, yeah, that's pretty much it as far as uh, single speed. I mean, I don't know. You probably had to pay a lot of money to rock the one cog, but it looked like it was fun. Did you guys see where they announced uh, next year's cross world championship, single speed cross world championships to be? No. No. I I think I had heard that they're going to Japan. So, uh, well, probably. I could be completely wrong. I don't really read into these things. Well, it's yeah. logical. It's it's if it's already on the west coast, it could fly to Japan probably a lot cheaper than. I it mean, is. I think we probably have as much bandwidth as they do, so we could just sort of pick where it should go next. Yeah. Mm. Well, I <laughs> just put the word out, you know. South Minneapolis, Powderhorn Park. No. No. Oh. No. Hey, off uh, the I'm neighbors thinking, so I'm bad. Thinking, I'm thinking Cleveland needs something. Cleveland. Cleveland. Well, here's the bigger. I, mean, thing. I don't want to go either way. Do you know what would be a good host? Do you guys know what would be the good host? What's that? The newest UCI recognized bike racing federation. Of course, I'm talking about our future home of the Slow Ride Podcast, Iceland. We did is it. Now recognized by the UCI as an official federation, so you're going to start seeing UCI um, racers mm-hmm. uh, racing. <laughs> Probably uh, not gonna licensed riders from <laughs> Iceland. <laughs> I am going to start training now. The marathon was just there. The half marathon was just a. Um, oh, just your winter, your cross, cross, cross training. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting ready for uh, for the Icelandic. Uh, oh, I'm uh, excited. Race. We did it. It only took one week uh, of podcast uh, to uh, to marinate with the UCI before they just said, you know what, those guys are onto something, and they pulled the trigger on getting Iceland in. So, congrats to them. Congrats to Iceland. Uh, back to the drawing board for us, I guess, uh, as we try and figure out where the next cycling mecca should be. You know, we did have one um, uh, suggestion of Malta mm-hmm. as uh, being a uh, That'd be nice. future uh, place for us. A lot of I history, probably good weather. Yeah, they gave uh, they got a pretty uh, busy, but, you know, somehow still semi-minimal kit. Um, it's just kind of a red and white. <laughs> I, there's way too much going on in that. It's kind of a mess, but it's only two colors, so I don't know how they made it messy. <laughs> hey, um, did you guys? Do you think they'd be good see, at diplomacy? You see, floating around the uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, that was a deep cut joke there, little guy. Did you guys see floating around the um the interwebs the uh, indoor cycling world championships? Like oh, it started yeah. blowing up. What the that, hell? Uh, the acrobatic thing, like oh, artistic okay. cycling and cycle ball, cycle ball. Like a lot of people like forget about that the UCI actually sanctions um, a whole nother element of cycling. So there's artistic cycling, which is I think solo doubles and then team. So like, and they're popping wheelies like crazy. They've got the one to one fixed gear <laughs> ratio on these bikes. Just Google artistic cycling UCI. I mean, you think it's cool that you're doing a track strand? These, yeah, it's like a whole nother level. Yep. And then yep. you have the whole cycle ball world championships, which um, just concluded, and which that's pretty amazing. That's insane. It's totally insane. I yeah, that's ah, uh, I I can't tell if it's like the stupidest thing that's kind of cool to watch or if it's like the most amazing thing that i can't bring myself to like admit that i like i don't think people cool. even understand like what the whole like setup of... what's well, like sort of like bike polo except for you don't have any mallets right like you need to hit the ball with your wheels that's basically it. like you're yes. shooting by twitching your front wheel really fast and knocking the ball like it's 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 unreal it's it's crazy it's so hard to explain. So just Google cycle ball, and that's the coolest sport on two wheels. I mean, 
it's amazing what these guys are doing. Um, and I think women play. I don't know if they're allowed in the. I don't know if there's like a women's world championship for cycle ball, but um, <laughs> when will women be given the cycle ball? But you get to if you're the world champion, you get to wear the um, the jersey during the cycle ball world championships nice. and the world cups. Mm-hmm. And it's two on two. It's basically like indoor, or it's like um, floor hockey that used to play in um, school, except. Mm-hmm. If you put your foot down, you're out, and you can use anything to like hit the ball. Well, you have to use your front wheel to like hit the ball into the net. It's pretty amazing. So, so this is like a uh, just a nerdy indoor version of uh, the world's greatest cycle class training um, game called Garbage Ball, which I know the little guy <laughs> knows all about. You know about Garbage Ball? Yeah, it's like it's pro Garbage Ball. Pro Garbage Ball. Garbage Ball is just sort of a garbage league version, cycle cross style. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was thinking of Yalta. What? I've been trying to... I got one... No, I got two different games of Garbage Ball going uh, here in Boston. Um, not great attendance, but I'm hoping uh, next summer to really get it going. Um, get people up to speed for before cross season, because it is such a good way to practice. Um, so I know a little guy, that's how you got uh, into podium form. Yeah, that's... Sure, that's why. Should we explain it? Do you think people care? Should we bother explaining exactly what Garbage Ball is? Because it's pretty easy. I mean, it's pretty you easy. You can always explain. explain it. You got a trash can? Yeah, every local park has a trash can, right? You got uh, hopefully an equal number of people on uh, cyclocross bikes. Yep. And you have a ball. Yep. And then you try to get it into the trash can, and you got teams. Yep. And I don't, what was it? You If you put your... You have to pass... Three yeah, you have to pass something like depending, that. Well, it kind of depends on how many people are playing, but yes, imagine you have four people per team or something. Yeah. And uh, you all line up. Uh, say you have like a park with a soccer field. You drag the trash can out to the middle, sort of. Um, you all line up on the li- on the edge. Somebody throws the ball out into the middle. You wait. Somebody says go. You get your practice for your cr- cycle cross standing start, sprinting towards the ball. Something mm, like you all. Like run into nerf, each other like a nerf volleyball kind of size thing but kind of squishy so you can grab it um yeah you all go for it you got to bend down and grab the ball so you're working on your bike handling and not crashing into people and then you got to make passes amongst your teammates three passes and then you can try to go for the go for net you know so it's like american gladiators a little bit yeah a like little bit the other, the other teams are trying to you know intercept the ball or knock the ball out of your hand or whatever and if they can, then they can pick up the ball and try to make three passes and score. And if you foot down, then you have to like leave the area. You gotta you leave the park. You gotta go home. <laughs> yeah, if you put a foot down, you're done. Done for the day. No, um, I played done for the day. We used to play in Minneapolis. It was foot down. You were out for that round until a, a score was made. Um, yeah. When I was playing here last fall, um, we didn't have enough people really, so we said you had to ride around like a, a tree that was like you know kind of far away so you were basically out of the game for like 20 seconds or something and then you came back um so, you had to so not a lot of people wanted to play garbage ball well maybe I it's the really... name maybe garbage ball needs to be rebranded i mean i wouldn't want to play garbage ball it sounds kind of gross like will i get a disease it's a little gross but you know they have they have a bag inside the garbage can and you just <laughs> fold it in on itself so you're not actually throwing the ball into garbage yeah there's Did, like, ways does yeah. the team that gets scored on have to dig into the garbage, or is there like a position like, oh, you're the garbage getter? Like, well, no, there are. There turns out to be positions like you can defend the 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 garbage can, like sort of be a blocker, you know. Uh, so, but you know, different people so have different we, strategies. Should we call up uh, Derek Bouchard Hall of USA Cycling and see if he can nominate, like, kind of sponsor this this event? I mean, mm-hmm. if there's if there's artistic cycling and cycle ball. It would only seem natural that the American version would be called Garbage Ball, and then that would be part of the UCI Indoor Cycling World Championships. Well, much like Fat Bike and much like Gravel Grinding is is going this way, I think uh, USA Cycling would be smart to get in on this trend early and maybe just create a national championship for it that we can have here in Boston next summer um, and then really get really start at the top and work your way down, you know? Do you think we should, um, you know, Spencer, you just brought it up. Okay. We were going over what the uh, the agenda was for today's show, and we didn't even mention that this past Sunday was International Fat Bike Day. Did you guys no. see that? Why is it so early in the year before the snow? 
It's to get you ready. You know, you got to get, you know, you oh, got to get all like, the process. It's international selling your old fat bike on <laughs> Craigslist day. And then the next day is international buying that new fat bike that's a teeny bit fatter. Yeah. Well, it's a little bit better. A little more, more carbon. carbon yeah. <laughs> all right. Good. Hey, I'm um, just going to. Can we I, talk about a subject where I don't have to groan? Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> you know. I'm going to sound like such a grump. Hey, have you guys seen Suntour components before? <laughs> I've heard do, of do, it, do, I think. Do. Don't they make forks like shocks? Oh, fuck, man. Why do you have to bring <laughs> it down to this down to that? We were I was doing good. I couldn't think of anything else to make me so happy. All right, never mind. Hey, Back to the a, regular uh, content. Mm-hmm. We so, got a nice uh what? podcast review. Five stars. This one comes to us from okay. podcast listener eight zero zero eight Z. Or boobs. Ah, and they write, ah, I see, I see. It's a visual uh, gag. Somebody write, somebody had a calculator in the 90s. That's right. They write, the banter between Tim Spencer... <laughs> the Spencer between Tim... <laughs> this is great. Hang on. The banter between Tim Spencer and Mark is hilarious. <laughs> I look forward to hearing this every week. I love that Mark, dude. He's awesome. You know, he's got all those good one-liners, and he's a party animal. We haven't had Mark on in a in a while, honestly, and you know, little guy is getting a little stale. I mean, he was only supposed to be temporary. When you go back a few episodes, you get Mark, and that's when it's really gold. Yeah, those yeah. first couple episodes when Mark was here, <laughs> yeah, way better. But Man. I've never been able to quite capture the Mark magic. I mean, but you know, I mean, not everybody can be Mark, little guy. The P.S. Tim, will your He's a MLS rude dude? There's a P.S. P.S. Tim, will your MLS allegiance change from Orlando SC to Minnesota United for the 2017 season? And I have to say, B or 8008Z, I'm a little embarrassed you even have the nerve to ask that question. I am always going to be a Minnesota United fan first and foremost. And Spencer, I know you know this, and yeah. little guy, you are about to learn. But for the last seven years, I've been oh, Twitter harassing. This. I've been Twitter harassing U.S. Psych, U.S. soccer national team stalwart Jay Demerit to show up to his appreciation party at Dusty's Northeast of Minneapolis, Minnesota, mm-hmm. and he just happened to show up on Saturday night. Now, sadly, I wasn't there for what? it. But Wait, it happened already? Yeah, oh, I thought it was going to happen like when you were in town. Well, the official party is when I'm in town, and you know he was just testing it out to see kind of like you know if we're cool and everything, but he'll come in the future for when I'm actually there. But there's a photo of him holding the wedding picture of Sarah and I that is still behind the bars next to the snick behind the bar next to the Snickers at Dusty's Northeast. (laughs) I think, I think that's an incredible story. You've been harassing this dude for seven straight years on Twitter, seven straight years. And every single year you're like, that I would do something like that. We're having a party in your honor. And every year he's like, uh, cool. I guess, and then you know, one year later, well, the first there's three Tim. years. Hey, the first three annual, years was third annual. The first and, three years, was absolute silence. Like we yeah. were like, "Do you think he's getting the tweets? Do you think he's mad?" And everyone's like, "Dude, he's never gonna show up. He doesn't even know who you are." Yeah. And then, the fourth year, he like retweeted, and he's like, "Oh, thanks, guys." The fifth year, he's like, "That's cool." And then last year, he tried to buy us drinks at the bar, but Dusty's being such a reputable establishment. Um, said no, we can't take drink orders over the phone. <laughs> and then this so year he, he town, showed up. He was I mean, in town. It was probably like, just a law. And unfortunately, I was out of town. But yeah, you know, he you retweeted. It's pretty awesome. That is awesome. That's a great story. Um, we're gonna have to figure out so something have, similar for the. We did kind of this with Jeremy Powers DJing our party at World Championships. We, so. we sort of bullied him a little more than we did convince him. <laughs> and we kind of bullied Dan from Nam to show up on the podcast. That's true. Kind of I think it's set our hooks. So, so who's our cycling? Um, I mean, it's, it can't be TJ. No, I mean, I, I think we actually, burned that bridge. <laughs> I, I think we have a chance at uh, Gorgeous George. I don't think that's true. But we, I, we, I do I think that's true. I think George Hincapie could be. <laughs> he could be our unicorn. He could. He could be the one that we get on the air. I mean, I, mean, I once. I once sat in a coach while he was in first class on the way back from Interbike, 
And I felt that I had a pretty good connection with him at that time. Did you yeah. did you, did you, you buy him a like, drink? Yeah, did you, did you, like, you send a drink like, order up there? Folks? I just saw I just saw his head above the seat because he's so tall and strapping. You didn't send up like the scent like when she gave you your her, your peanuts. You were like, could you give them to the fine gentleman in seat two A? <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's a missed opportunity there, Tim. Yeah, I should have written a note on a napkin. Yeah, slid it up to him. Yeah, not guilty, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I th- I think this is worth pursuing. I think I think he's around. I think he doesn't have much to do these days. He's you know, he seems like a friendly guy. Well, I he's just, just a mean, big enough get. You know, like he's he's not like the biggest get, but he's still a big enough get. He would be the biggest get. He's our unicorn. He's our white whale. No. Oh yeah. I mean, okay, what would and, be the first the question is, you ask? Would you ask him? Oh, I was just gonna say. If, if you, you know, we're not gonna hardball him. You know, we just want to know, like, well, <laughs> tell us about the 2002 Kern of Russell's Kern. You know, like, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know like, the. I don't even remember that. Race. Like we joke about it. Like we'd have to ask about the stem. Like, what were you thinking? Oh was, God, like, yeah. Who this... were you mad at? But yeah, then we would never ask because we were like, we'd be too nervous. No, we'd, we'd have to ask about the stem out. and. I just want to be like, so that year where they, they touted you as a contender for the tour, you knew the whole time, right? Like, come on. <laughs> you knew. You were just like, well, I mean, whatever. Put another zero on the contract. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I kind of want to know which iteration of the uh, U.S. Postal slash Discovery kits like he hated the most. Like, which were the worst? Mm, he probably hated the first year. They're pretty bad. But they're kind of classic in that way now. Like, did he like the cool black kits, you know, with yeah. the Discovery? Did he hate the one with the green bands on it for Eco Day mm-hmm. or Arbor Day or whatever whatever it was? Did he ever uh, plant a tree? Uh, did, <laughs> did he ever um, planted a tree, George and Gabby? On the, uh, on the off note, you guys, uh, you know how there's the uh, European uh, continental cyclocross champion, uh, Toon Eretz? Yeah, sure. uh, I know it well. And there's the uh, the Pan Am winner. Well, I was too lazy to Google, so I just asked Crosshairs the other day, and I was like, "Hey, what other continental champions are there?" And he didn't know. Turns out well, that there is not an Africa cyclocross champion right now, or an uh, Asia, or an Australian. And then one of our uh, Twitter uh, followers uh, came up with the brilliant idea that there wasn't an Antarctican, uh, an Antarctic. Uh, continental champion either and mm-hmm. they went forward and actually designed the skin suit mm-hmm. which is actually pretty amazing looking i don't know if you guys uh were able to catch a glimpse of this but we did retweet it on the um i didn't see the right podcast but thanks to I mean, uh, just... matthew urkel at merchel who uh sent over the antarctic antarctica continental skin suit and it's it is all white yeah 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 i mean oh. if you had to guess little guy i mean you would know yeah. that it was white right <laughs> I, I would have guessed that, yeah. <laughs> it's great. I, I don't think it's been contested before, so I think uh, I think it's up for grabs at this point. If you if we if we put that event on, um, we could also crown a, a champion there. But, it's probably going to be more of a running race. It's probably yeah. not going to be a very rideable course with 33 it tires could be, as your It could max. be sloppy. I mean, global ornaments changing everything these days. That's true. It could be really sloppy. You might cut through a little too deep. Yeah, I don't want then, that. Um, but Tim, Cyber. really Was quick, he... I want to yeah. I want to bring up something that you just kind of touched on with the continental thing. It made made me think. Um, we don't have an Australian continental champion, and I assume that's because there's an Australian national champion. But because it's a nation and a continent, can't mm. can't you have both? Well, you why? Would have to have What's both? the point? Why well, are is... they the same, or are they different? Can there be two different people? I would hope that there'd be two different people. I mean, like... Like, this is if, a flaw in the system. There's a flaw in the system, but this is something that you that the three of us would capitalize on, right? So, like, the yeah. week of the Australian National Site Cross Championship would be like, oh, that's cool. But we would just, like, Throw create our own flyers yeah. and be like, dude, Continental Championships are bigger. It, like, takes precedent. And that's next week in Canterbury. And then all of a sudden people would be like, well, I'm not going to Melbourne. I'm going to go to Canterbury for the Continental Championships mm-hmm. of Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd have a bouncy castle. Let's see. <laughs> let's see. Let's see nationals compete with that. Hey, 
Um, that's a good question. What do you think, little guy? Um, what I so I just I wasn't sure if New Zealand counted as part of Australia. And no, that's they, Oceania. No, they're Zealandia. They're part of the submerged continent of Zealandia. Yeah, but I think New Zealand is part of the Oceanic well, section of the UCI. Yeah, I mean, I guess they are. Um, I think they should just have the one championship. Hey, well, it's just a waste we, of money. We could be wrong. You know, Spencer, they might just not have an Australian continental and it has to go with Asia the way that um, mm-hmm. FIFA has it designated. But that's another. Um, it's Whatever. Like, did you guys see Zacharin, um, Zacharin's tweet of the new uh, Katusha Alpetian kit for next year? Did mm. I ever? No. Did he uh, fill it out? Off, I didn't know that they combined. I didn't know that Alpetian sponsorship went to Katusha. And it's a little bit less red, as Cy Birch uh, points out, fan of the podcast, and he's like, a lot more burgundy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's nice. I like that. It's kind of a decent little kit, I guess. It, it looks a little too... Um, I, I mean, it's basically the, <laughs> the giant Alpetian kit if you just turned all the black red. <laughs> yeah, I guess that that's true. There's some... I mean, so I hope Alpetian or whatever, they're really going for this because there's some weirdo Russian hair on that team. And, like, obviously, Kristoff's got some weird thing going yeah. on with his hair. I mean, that I has to be the motivation, right? They're taking it in new directions. I totally forgot Tony Martin was on that team now, too. That's weird. That's going to take some getting used to. I mean, Zacharin himself has some pretty good hair. He has a good haircut. He looks like he's just like, he just looks like a drugged out guitarist in, like, kind of a Sonic Youthy. Uh, yeah. Arty, arty guitar band just it, yeah he's got a funny look going on definitely like looks like he's from like a D- dc and maybe 92 92 <laughs> yeah that's what that's that where i'm picturing him yeah there wasn't any other kit unveilings that i saw that was of any uh note so we can go into other things sent to us on twitter and that of course is bubble cross in uh new jersey sending us uh, a picture of a pin we also don't need to talk about that at all oh oh do 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 breaking news from europe uh-oh yeah what's going on here i got a tweet 256 in the morning last or uh uh Text message at 2.53.56 in the morning last night from our on-the-ground reporter in Europe, Jesse R., full last name withheld. I raced a Euro pinwheel today in Belgium. It it has infiltrated amateur racing in Europe. It's a Are sad you serious? Day, folks. Jesus Christ. So our guys, boy it's, from Minnesota it's worse than the we world thought. Championships. Going yep. to the Masters World Championships where he gets 10th place, goes to an amateur race, and there is a pinwheel there? Yeah, you go over there to the heartland, you want to see how it's done, and what do they do? They show you that they don't even know what they're doing. <laughs> uh, do you think, well, Sven Nys, after uh, Psycho Cro- the Single Speed Cross Worlds, was saying that he feels that cross in Europe is plateaued, like there's just not as many fans going to races that they're used to, and he, he says a lot of that has to do because the, the new crop is so young, like they they haven't built up like the fan base of getting people excited. Yeah. But we've heard Adam Meyerson talk about this before and others that have been over in Europe that like Belgium isn't exactly like the coolest place in the world when it comes to like racing. Like we have this like glorious idea of what Belgium is. And then all of a sudden it's kind of like racing in, and I'm sorry to our friends in Rasmussen's bike shop, but it's kind of like hanging out in Iowa. <laughs> yeah. It's the Iowa of Europe. It's I mean, true. Iowa City had a really good cross race. Remember when I was giving, uh, talking to Derek Bouchard Hall about that, and he's like, no, man, they're totally going to be able to throw down with the, uh, and they the did. top side yeah. of the world, and it, and it looks like they did. So, yeah, and that's why all the Belgian riders were so happy there. That was it's, why they were happy? Because it felt like home. Yeah. <laughs> they are like, oh, it's not all like Vegas. I see. Nice. In I I'd like to say in good European cycle cross news we had a split this weekend. Wout got one, Vanderpool got another. We've actually got some battles. It's not just all going one way. And Tom, what do we call him? The Kangaroo Musum. <laughs> yeah. Actually got himself on a podium, and it's been a while, and he looked really happy, and I was really excited for him because it's been all year. It's just been maybe Tunarts, maybe Sweek. And then the old guard has been filling mm-hmm. up that fourth through tenth place zone mm-hmm. with some guys sneaking in, and you're just like, 
yeah, like like we were saying, like Tom's probably got a big fan club and they're freaking yep. out about a third place because he hasn't been getting it. If K Pow wins a race or Oh uh, yeah. Belgium would lose or, its shit. I don't know. I mean, you know, yeah. If Kevin wins a race, Belgium's gonna lose their shit. And they didn't they just didn't know they wanted it so bad until it was gone. Well Klaus came back, he was racing well the other week. He's like, getting better. But I just don't think any of those guys yeah, they're they're not on the same level. No, they're not. Even even Tom looks like he's gonna hyperventilate every time he tries to follow Wout or uh, well, yeah. Vanderpool. This is guys five five years ago, four years ago, whatever. Like yeah, Tom Mewson, Rob Peters, um, oh, poor you Peters, know, Kevin he's... Powell's. They've they've all been they've all kind of fallen off the map. Yeah. And there some of them are still there. Peters is kind of a shell of the. They'll float around Man, in like that ten place zone, but then every once in a while, yeah, they'll pull off a podium or almost a podium. But they can't. I, there's been a few races lately where at least Tom has been trying to follow. Like he'll try to follow the attack by Wout or by Vanderpool, and it's just you're like you can't do it, dude. I I think I feel a special <laughs> kinship with him because <laughs> I've been him so many times. Like I make it to the front group, and then oh Thompson's got to attack. All right, fine, okay, I'm gonna do it today. Today's the day I do it, and then I'm like ah. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it anymore. Oh no, come back. And then I, whew, it's gone. And then I'm struggling and then I blow up and crash a couple times and get like sixth place like he did last week or whatever yeah. when he did that. I don't know. I was excited for him. It was, it was cool. He was bunny hopping the barrier in the sand, which was pretty impressive. Not a lot of guys were d- doing it as smoothly as he was or even doing it at all. And that was pretty I cool. Didn't, I didn't watch any racing. That was Sunday. Bike racing's dead to me. Barrier in the sand, and he's freaking bunny hopping it like fast. Some guys were doing the old J Pow. Yeah, that's. But he he was yeah. doing the like Adam Craig over nose wheelie, drink a beer while he's doing it. Tom Mewson is the Adam Craig of European racing. Is that what kind of? Uh... Maybe. maybe maybe he's the closest equivalent that we know of he doesn't okay. seem like he's quite as radical well i don't think he races cars in the off season yeah there's there's hope for him there's hope for him yet um yeah. so the other controversy that was blowing up today i guess uh was usa cycling kind of announcing all their rule changes and things that they're uh gonna roll out for 2017 tim i know you've got uh, all the notes on this. Um, do you want to run us down kind of uh, some of the the chaos that they've yeah. created? Fill us well, in. I don't, take a quick well, let me just here. say this, is that Cycling News had a really in-depth article, probably of all the media coverage. They had the most uh, up-to-date, really good talking points that came from Derek Richard Hall and like kind of the thought process behind the changes. Okay. And my favorite part about this being a Cycling News article is that the very first comment from Scott Grimm USA Cycling is an elitist and snobby organization. Cycling hasn't grown because of the way this pathetic organization runs things. Anything they get involved in, they kill. And it's like, oh, thanks, so, Scott. Grimm. So hang on. Let me guess. Scott raced mountain bikes in the early 90s. <laughs> yeah, he's probably... Well, I don't know. Like, I don't know enough about him, but it's kind of funny that, like, there's this article where Derek Bouchard Hall is talking a lot about the finances of the organization and how they are now at pretty much their... Like they've they've done as many cuts as they can because they cut a lot of salary when he came on board. They've redone the whole like um, IT department. So now I don't know if you've been to the website lately, guys, but there is a whole new like website. They uh, it's a little bit easier to use, I think. Um, hmm. But the new race memberships were one of the main things. And Spencer, we'll get to later about some of the other like actual race day experience changes. Mm-hmm. But now they have. Um, like different tiered levels of programs. So like if you want your race license, it's still 70 bucks a year. So if you're a little guy, you would still, you know, get your $70. But if you want to be on what they call the podium, you get like additional insurance coverage and then you get um, like roadside assistance and a limited edition t-shirt. Like they basically built some incentives into giving more money to USA Cycling. And then for $200 a year, you can get the podium plus, which then you can get a, a limited edition USA Cycling kit. Now, I don't know if that kit is like an ASOS kit or not. I'd be kind of curious. And if that's tops and bottoms, I tried playing around with it to see if you do get all of that. But it is interesting that they are doing the tiers with the incentives to give more money. But if you just want to get what you're getting now anyway, it's just 70 bucks. So the price stays the same. As far as rule changes, 
that um, have taken place. It looks like the biggest one is the introduction of a women's category five across all um, categories. Because mm-hmm. in the past, category four was the lowest for women. So they did that to equal out just the, the ease of organizing a race. So now you could have a women's four or five race and a men's four or five separate how out does, the results. How does that do. help? Because well, it just it just yeah. straightens out like it's just par for the course. So you can, you can split out the results if you need to because you might have some strong cat four women. Um, versus like some true beginner cat five women where it used to be mm-hmm. that you'd put them all together. Okay. Um, and it's yeah, I guess, I guess, I mean, it's yeah, not, no, I get you. I and I guess that's good. Deal. It's one I of those things. Sports grind. Yeah. It's one of those things that I don't really think the women's field is necessarily asking for. Um, but I think it's an effort to try and get ahead of hopefully some growth on that side of the sport because yeah, that makes we, we all know like when they change things around it get everything gets all fucked up <laughs> you know everyone like, and, gets and everyone's complaining so just make the it makes it's hard to explain why men's race goes 1 through 5 and the and the women's side goes 1 exactly. through 4 you know they're like well I'm a wins 4 does that mean I'm the same like no well you're basically a, a equal to a men's 5 and you're like well it just cuts out all the guesswork you know? Now they still have the ride um, membership too, little guy. Like, so if you only want to do like the uh, kind of a Grand Fondo license, or you don't want to do like the full-on USA Cycling like organized race experience, you can get the ride license, which I want to say was like fifty bucks, but it doesn't allow you to like do the upgrade structure. It just allows you to do those events. Um, hmm. But what they are doing now is like if your Grand Fondo starts like. If you start a Grand Fondo and finish, you can use that for your um, 10 mass starts to upgrade to Cat 4, which I think is a no-brainer. Like, that that's, makes... That's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Like, that's a really good idea, because I remember totally lying to US, the USA Cycling upgrade official all those years ago about my Wisp Sport races, mm-hmm. and being like, yeah, I did Wisp Sport, which I did, and technically they shouldn't have allowed it, because it wasn't a USA Cycling event, but that was pretty much a Grand Fondo, and they allowed me to... Um, use that to upgrade to category four, which I thought was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then pretty much the, I didn't really see anything like super big as far as, you know, like if you want to still put on a grand Fondo or you, know, you don't need a race director's license anymore to put on a race, which is pretty cool. So that yeah. saves you some money if you're want, trying to be a promoter. What were the controversies that you were coming across, Spencer? Well, I think it was a lot to do with that, that new women's uh, field. Um, you know, like, what are the promoters going to do? Like, does that mean instead of a 1-2-3 race and a 4 race or a 1-2-3 race and a 3-4 race, now you're just going to have a 1-2-3 and a 4-5? And a you know, because it's never going to be a true beginner's field. Never, there's not enough time. In the, the promoters already say there's not enough time in the day to do most women's fields, right? And so if you're going to try to have a five field and a four field and a one, two, three or something along those lines. Yeah, you know, I guess like, I don't. I But I, here's the thing I think is weird. I know what you're, you're saying, Tim, you were saying the, the now it's equal with the men's, right? It's one through five, one through five. The thing I feel like is confusing for a lot of beginning racers is they show up, they're like, cool, I'm a five. They get there. They're like, "Why do I have to race with other categories? Why do I ever have to race with other categories? Like, why? Why, now, why now is all this combining thing? I well, think. But, and then what's the, the distinction? It doesn't can, actually matter. I can, it yeah. does, and I can I can explain eh, it fully. It doesn't matter. I'm I a two. I'm a two in cyclocross, and I've raced in pro races. Like, what's the point? But here's the thing: <laughs> is that it's 100% up to the race promoter, and you can vote with your. I know it's a libertarian idea here, but. You can vote with your race dollar because what sucks is is that if you're that starting racer, right? You're that citizen racer that's going to be a Category 5 on a one-day. If you were a woman, you would have to be put into the Category 4 race with other established uh, four racers, you would assume. Whereas now there's the ability to have that true... Yeah, but now you would have the ability as a promoter to run a true beginners-only event where it's like category five and there's like an upgrade process. Mm-hmm. Whereas the the fours is a pretty steep thing because they're going to be always with the, the three, four. Well, and I um, mean, it's not any different really on the men's side because it's always a four, five field, no matter what you're doing, right? Like there's occasionally I, I, a five field. I think some promoters put on a cat five field and that works great. Sometimes, but the vast majority don't, let's be honest. But I think that USA Cycling, their category system is spot on. Like, I think it's really good. I think 
there should be category fives on both sides and they sh they should have dedicated fields you should always have a total beginner citizen race basically that's a cat five so you should not want to be in the cat fives like if you tried it out and decided you like bike racing you want to be out of the fives as quickly as possible and into the fours where you're taking it a little more seriously right like but there needs to be that space for people so and the thing that screws everything up is that we have all the master's fields all day. well i was just about to say that so this yeah. is what derek derek lewis a friend of the podcast always talks about and spencer you're absolutely right that the yeah. master's racing is what's dumbing and, down bike racing in this country but I, and I get the argument of masters that they want like a field that they fit in a little better it's a little more you know guys their own speed like it's That's not the kids chopping categories but old dudes chop old dudes wheels all the time That's i've seen I'm it saying. happen old man on old man crime happens i'm agreeing with you and i'm saying the reason that these fields are too crazy for them is because it's always a one two three field right like most of the masters are at least category threes by now right like and a lot yeah. of them are twos that maybe don't have the top end anymore but if the if there were no masters fields and everybody was if like if you had a field that was for ones and a field that was for twos and a field that was for threes like it would self sort a lot better and you would there wouldn't be that overlap as much you know there like, should be a masters 50 plus field I'm fine with that because I feel yeah. that there's like the 50 plus like you're starting to get a little bit you know geriatric and you're not going to be like <laughs> as uh, you know, advanced as us young uh, guns. We just but lost if you're a 45 plus listeners. category, if you're a 45 year old category two, then you should be racing in the category two field because your expertise and yeah. your handling and your and, what and I'm if, assuming is experience on the bike mm -hmm. and years on the bike, you would fit just fine in a category two field. That's why you're a well, category and if, two. And if you don't have that top end, you can downgrade three, and this, and it would be competitive. You wouldn't be like. But, yeah. This like is the question we need yourself. to stick to to Derek Bouchard Hall if he ever dares come back on the podcast. <laughs> mm -hmm. God, I hope he comes back because this is I, I I'm a believer. I think that 50 plus would need to still happen, and on the women's field as well. But when how many races do we go to where it's a one two three combined, and then the 35 plus has its own field and a 35 plus three four, and you're like, why don't all the 35 plus like category threes just form a category three field with the other category threes? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Old man just... on old man crime still happens, like little guy was saying. There's still a lot of crashes in Masters races. It's not just because you turn 36 years old, therefore you're a brilliant bike handler. Have you guys ever ridden with me? I mean, with someone else? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they should truthfully just go back to, like, we used to roll cross around here, ABC. I if mean, you did yeah. if you did just an A, B, and a C race, then you could do... You would you would have six races in a day, and you could the women's fields could have the whole course themselves rather than always having to like try to get through the men's fields. Yeah, like you could just run an A race, a B race, a C race for both genders. Boom! Everyone actually gets the full course, and they don't have to be like, "Wait, what category were you in? Oh, you're not in my category. Yeah, cool. That... I got 19th place, but I, I mean, won." You call it ABC, really... or you call it one, two, three. Like that's yeah. that's what we have if we take away all that's the other peripheral bullshit. So, yeah. But here's the thing, like, little guy, would the ABC race still have category designations, or is it a self-selecting thing? No, it's self-selecting. See, that's and, the problem. And you get the whole is, field. How many jerks out there, and we all know of, that are consistent friend of the podcast, Addison Zawada, right? Red Bull-sponsored athlete, crushes it all the time, is like, goes out to California, um... And he's doing like the single speed race, and then he's like, "Oh, they wouldn't let me race in the category like, like fours or whatever." So I had to do the category threes, and he still wins by like a minute or whatever. Like the whole like, "Come on, Addison, you're good enough to be in the one twos." How many times have we been in races with like Jordan Cullen? He's 16 years old and he's crushing us, and we're like 28 years old, and Jordan Cullen's still winning, and we're like sandbagger. And then they're like, "He's 16," and then you're like, "Oh, I feel really bad about it." <laughs> well, they, I mean, like, you're like, "Oh man, I guess they're right." Well, they could still just enforce upgrades. It doesn't matter what the like the category designations are. They could just still enforce upgrades. We're, we're, we're trying to solve a problem that USA Cycling has actually solved, and promoters have then complicated with all these extra fields. Like, what, yeah. like when you go to a mountain bike race, and you're like, oh, I'm a Cat 1 mountain biker. I race my race. You get done, and then they break it out into, oh, here's the 30-plus guy. Here's the 35-plus guy. Here's yeah, the 40-plus but... guy. 
Like they they have the technology. No. <laughs> I mean, like... They have some sort of cutting edge technology <laughs> yeah. at mountain bike races that has the ability to, after the fact, know how old you are mm-hmm. and break it down into all the sub, 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 sub categories. And so, and so road cycling has brought in hydraulic technology. They've brought in disc brakes. Can we bring in the technology to know how technology. old you are? Yeah. Yes. It's called it's called three or four people with clipboards. Yeah. That's called a laptop computer in Excel. Like it's not difficult. We can do it. But I think I think that would help uh the upgrade process. I think people would move through categories quicker. I think there wouldn't be the log jam and the fours and the threes that you get when those fields are giant and the one two fields dying. No. You know what no, I mean? I, like, I, I think there'd still be a log jam in the the USA cycling still needs to fix some of the whole upgrade procedures. Yeah, the points could go There's deeper. There's common sense upgrades. Here's the thing. You add, you get rid of all the masters racing and then they're thrown in with the one twos. All of a sudden you're, or sorry, the cat threes. All of a sudden your cat three field is going to be what 80 guys and then but those they only guys give are going to move points up. to five no but they only give upgrade points well, to like yeah, you, five you, people and you're you'd like have come to change on. your point structure you'd have to change your point structure the point structure usa cycling for upgrades is ridiculous yeah. and they don't use common sense it's like a guy can win you know get win a category three crit and then the next week get a fourth place the following week a bunch of seconds and thirds and he's still not getting forced upgrade and you're like Whoa, you have way too many points. Every single time you're leading out a teammate or you're in the top five breakaway, you need to be in the one twos. And they never get forced up. It's ridiculous. That's what turns people off from racing. I'd say what's hard is that... It's not the doping. It's not this doping specter. It's not fair and fun racing. I'd say there's been a lot of people we've seen through the years who when there's been one, two, three crits, they show up, they do the one, two, three crit, they finish like, like top 10, right? They do a they do like a the three four crit and maybe they're like just a little bit better like they don't have the top end maybe they're not a good sprinter, but they're the guy that's always like strong, and they'll never get an upgrade. They'll be like almost never getting points. Like I agree, the points should go deeper. No, they should. They should. The points don't go deep enough. That's that's definitely true. But I think if you sort sort it based on on categories and it's and it's. You never have a one-two field anymore. You have a two field and a one field. Like people are gonna wanna move <laughs> up. They're gonna wanna become ones because right now, like you said earlier, little guy, you can be a two and race a pro one-two race, no problem. Like, I just the- I just realized. Do you guys re- can you guys imagine the shit storm that would start on the internet? Like if all of a sudden USA Cycling announced no more masters categories, like oh my god. People would flip. They would. They would know what to do. All those like, rival leagues. You gotta break just... some eggs to make an omelet. Oh well, my but, god! Those but I said this. Freak out! There I said be... this before. The best crits in Minnesota are the weeknight crits because they just do. It's just cat- oh, combined okay, categories. That's rational thought. We're talking yeah. about masters yeah. racers then, that spend just... thousands of dollars on a carbon. And then bike yeah, I know. But then we we show up to the weekend races and and everybody just races like. You know, people race their age category, and then there's 15 dudes in the one-two race, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, cool! Yeah, it totally wasn't fun during the week when we had 40 dudes doing a crit. That sucks. Having an actual field. We live in a world where individuals care about series standings in an event that maybe only has three or four people in their category that are doing every event. People are driving hours mm-hmm. to get series points, and then if they have their results wrong by like one place. You get an email as the race promoter that's like, dude, can you fix that? I drove all the way from, I don't know, Pensacola to your cross race, and you need to fix, like, the results. Yeah. Like, so, wait, what you're you saying is we told that guy makes no that, sense. like, yeah, you can't be in the Masters 35-plus category anymore. You're going to be in the Cat 3s. They would flip. So, let's not bike race. Exactly. That's why Grand Fondos are the future of the world. Huh. Yeah. All right. I'm Rides, it. not races. Fat bikes for all. That's right. Yeah. Retirement. Heard it here first at the Slow Ride Podcast. Fat bikes for all. So make sure you wave at everybody that you see on the side <laughs> of the road, even if they are riding a fat bike. Because they probably noticed your fat bike, and they're waving yes. back at you. <laughs> and in honor of International World Fat Bike Day, we'd like to thank BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for the intro and outro music. 
We'd also like to thank our fellow Wide Angle Podium members um, who support the network. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a supporter. Huh? Are you and, a supporter, uh, Tim? I'm a supporter. Awesome. That's that's all of us. And wait, then wait. <laughs> Hang on. Try counting better, buddy. <laughs> We're gonna get you. And then uh, make sure you listen to the Wide Angle Podium Network shows. There's a really good interview by Adam Meyerson of Phil Guyman that was appearing last week. Talks all about the Strava hunting that he's currently going under. You have Crosshairs yeah, yeah. Radio. You heard the rumors follow. about it on this show last week. You, now you can hear the actual story on yeah. Adam Meyerson's podcast. <laughs> you got the Consummate Athlete. Mm-hmm. Fantastic NASCAR episode. Um which uh, got me excited about what's going on in the world of NASCAR and the yeah. shape that it takes to be an athlete. It's yeah. an oval. That's Heard the shape. That it was, no, that was a good episode. It was. That had oval. so much to do with bike racing. It was crazy. Like sponsorship stuff and, you know, ah, I don't know. There was a lot. You should just go listen to it. That's my record. And then you have the Honest Bicycle Program. So, again, thanks to all of those shows. Go to WideAnglePodium.com to find out more. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that, I think that's it, guys. Yeah, I think we're done. I'm just uh, about to type up an email to George Hincappy here and uh, see if we can't get him on the show uh, shortly. All right. Well, I'm imagining it's George at Hincappy.com. I don't know. <laughs> it might be gorgeous one. <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous one. one at Hincappy.com. Okay, I'll try that. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. What would your subject line be there, Spencer?